Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. the Saturday show. As you probably quickly noticed, I am not Jake Hatch. I am Michelle Bodkin. Jake you're, Hatch. You're uh, better off, by the way. Am I really? Not, I not don't being, know. I not, don't know about that. Not, not, not being Jake Hatch. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe overly optimistic there. But uh, uh, you heard another voice, though. This is a rare treat for me. I get to hang out with Scotty G a little bit. Let's go, Michelle. This is fun. <laughs> I know. I am fired up. I you know, Look, this barbecue competition where we're at right now is something that has been a pipe dream. I've always wanted to be part of a station that put together something like this. And I've been back there with these competitors these dudes aren't messing around like they are in it to win it all kinds of cash prizes stuff we want the public to come down here around noon we're at the triad center but michelle this is awesome this is as cool as anything i've been a part of i'm gonna say any day i get to spend outside is a great day and now that we're finally into nice weather unlike the all-star weekend this (laughs) this is awesome so yeah you you got the brunt of that bad weather that was rough i did although it kind of sort of was nicer that day than it maybe had been the rest of the week. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Before we start getting into the sports talk, though, as is tradition, Scotty, what's the highlight of your week this week? The highlight of my week? I think my highlight of my week is actually going on right now, honestly. Um, I went back, and I just, you know, I was just complaining to you about how crappy I am at Instagram. But uh, you follow me on Instagram because nobody else is. So please, please give me a follow. I would appreciate it. Uh, at Scotty G Zone. And uh, I went back there and I was talking to some of these competitors. Now, the big competition is actually steak. They're doing a steak cook-off. That's, that's where all the money and the prizes are is steak. But there's some ancillary contests that they're doing. And one of them is jalapeno poppers. Yes. And I just talked to a dude. And it's actually funny. He and his wife are both competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And she is putting together um, mac and cheese, deep fried jalapeno poppers. That is my love language. I know, right? Yes. This is like the state fair <laughs> on steroids. And uh, and he's 
He's doing his jalapeno poppers. There's going to be a wing competition. Hans and I are going to be uh, helping judge that coming up at 11 o'clock. So there's all kinds of great things. And I'm telling you, it is the, the creativity and some of the things. Now, look, it ain't good for you. No. No. <laughs> no. A lot of the collective cholesterol level is going to increase today by <laughs> significant points. However, there are going to be a lot of people with some smiles on their faces. So, yeah, you know what? This is probably the best day of my week right now. How about you? I love that. Yeah, for for me, I mean, yesterday I got to spend most of the afternoon up at Utah Softball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw your tweets on that. Yeah, uh, very fun. I've never covered a softball game before. I've never been up there. And so to kind of see it and see it in a bigger, fancier with, with the NCAA being in town and, and doing that, it was really fun. Uh, looking forward to I don't think I'll make it up there today for no. their game, but hopefully tomorrow uh, I'll get to go up one more time and, and check them out. Uh, so that I mean that's that that's probably it. and I don't know I might agree with you. We'll we'll see how today goes. Today well, might also kind of creep its way in there. Well, the guy did say like, hey, you know, if he goes technically, I'm not supposed to hand out samples, but you know, if you and your guys want to come by, and so like. I'll we'll we'll sneak over there and we'll get you we'll oh, get you yeah. a popper. Oh yeah, the oh, mac yeah. and cheese for sure. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, behind the glass, we also have Shyler. Shyler, have do you have a highlight of your week? I don't. I mean, on Monday we were cascading waterfalls in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> oh, no big deal, Shyler. Yeah, not not a big deal at all. <laughs> nice flex. <laughs> but I don't know if the like that's like the highlight. Then the downlight was that the low light was that we came back. <laughs> and now you're Utah. here talking to us. The low light is you're you're with us right now, <laughs> which I wouldn't even blame you one bit if that's that's the case. All right, so what? Ten day cruise? Is that what you said? Ten day cruise through Holy the Caribbean. Smokes. It's so. It's all right. So if you awesome. were if you were gonna say there's there's one place on that trip that you thought was above everyone everywhere else, like what was the location that really stood out to you? Um, so we went to St. Martin, which is an island that is owned by the Dutch and the French, and it is a beautiful island, and they have the most crystal clear water, and we went snorkeling, and we saw, like, stingrays and turtles. It was beautiful. But that's, like, the island that has the famous beach where you stand on the beach and the planes fly right over you. Do you know what I'm... Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's that place. So it, that was probably my favorite my favorite location out of them all. But we had six port days, so it was just go, go, go. Oh, wow. You're not messing around. Yeah. So are you the person, like, when you go on vacation, and Michelle, you you, you as well, like, okay. are you one that, like, you have to map out, like, we're going to do this excursion from 10 to 1, we're going to do this from this, or are you just a little bit more chill? I'm like definitely, Shiler? yeah, I'm definitely more of the mapping it out. Yeah. Uh, but we did take two or three days where we just kind of walked around the different cities we went to my husband's more of the one to just let's let's just hang out and do stuff but i like to have my things mapped out i would like circle the things yeah you know how they give you the i don't know they give you these papers with all of the activities on the oh yeah and i'd go in with a pen and like circle i was like we got to go to karaoke and then we got to (laughs) go watch this cake decorating competition all the while we get our, our mocktails you get our non-alcoholic drinks because we don't drink and we just have a good time. Michelle, how about you? Are you a planner? I'm a little more on the chill side. Like yeah. I definitely have like things that I want to try and like check out whenever I'm somewhere. Um, but I don't necessarily like plan it out hour by hour, day by day. Uh, I, I 
think I have a much more like chill, relaxed approach to it. The one thing I do love doing, um, it's been a while since I've actually gone on like a vacation vacation. All my travels pretty much been with work. Around a game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been centered around a game. I don't really even remember the last time I took a real vacation uh, that did not involve a game. But one of the things I like doing when I get sent to travel with KSL uh, is take a minute to walk around any city that I yeah. haven't ever seen before. I love old architecture. I love checking some of that kind of stuff out. So so that's something that I always try to make a point of doing. Well, you got Nate's P-card, man. Just, you know, go, <laughs> go, go do some damage. You know, that's the thing. And, and, and I think it's really cool because to take a moment because, you know, I travel a lot for games. You travel a lot for mm-hmm. games. And so, so when you're, you're talking to somebody like, oh, you know, yeah, we're at Atlanta. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been to Atlanta. They're like, well, what would you think of this place? I'm like, well, actually, I went from a hotel to a stadium, mm-hmm. back to a hotel to the <laughs> airport. So I didn't really see anything. So I don't even know if I can claim going to some of these cities just because you're right. You yeah. know, sometimes you fly in the night of or the night before, you crash in your hotel, you get a little DoorDash, and you're at a stadium, and then you're flying out the next day. But yeah. I, that's cool to take some time and be like, you know, let's – Let's check out the place, see what we got here. Yeah, when when the flights yeah. kind of work out and give me a little wiggle room, that's absolutely what I love to do. Awesome. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into what's the big deal. No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, kind of some big news today, and, and I think it's appropriate to talk about this since we're sitting on the north side of the Delta Center. Yes. Love saying that. Uh, The Jazz Lottery. Fans weren't too happy uh, about the, the the luck of the draw there. Uh, the Jazz walked away with the ninth, 16th, and 28th picks. Uh, Scotty, do you think there's any reason to really be worried about where the Jazz will get to pick this year? No, I don't think so. And 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 let's be honest here. The odds really weren't in the Jazz favor by any stretch. I mean, I think what they have like a 20% chance of getting into the top four and and certainly a minuscule chance of getting into that number one pick with the Victor sweepstakes. Um, and, of course, you know, Greg Popovich gets a generational talent again, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously I think a lot of people are disappointed by. But uh, Ryan Smith hopped on the show with me and Hans a couple months ago, and we were talking about the draft. And he also, I think, said this, I believe, to Sarah Todd of the Deseret News uh, at the draft lottery. He said, look, we kind of knew where we were going to be. Nine, you know, they had a 50% chance that we're going to stay at nine, and obviously that's where they're at. And he said, look, it's not about where we draft. It's about who we draft. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds a really simplistic statement to make, but when you really think about it, there is always great value. The Jazz could have Desmond Bain on this team. They don't have him because they missed on him. They could have had Devin Booker. They missed on him. Like, there's a laundry list of excellent players that – have been available for the Jazz that they've missed on. And I'm not throwing the Jazz under the bus. All the A lot of teams missed on these guys. But the the thought is from Ryan Smith, and I think it's really is well put, is there's probably going to be an all-star somewhere in this draft that's going to be available from nine or lower. There's probably going to be a uh, a franchise player 
maybe not a Hall of Fame, maybe not a generational player, but there's going to be an all-star that's going to be selected nine or lower. It's now up to the Jazz to be able to identify, to develop, and do all those things to be able to say, that's our guy. We feel like he's going to fit into our system, and we got to find him. They just can't miss. They can't miss on it. At nine, you've got to find a guy that's going to help you, maybe not next year, but you develop him into what you hope will be a really, really good player. That player will be there. It's just up to the Jazz to find him. I like that you talk about development. Uh, Jazz is not my area of expertise. I'm a little more in the college realm and yeah. obviously specifically Utah, but but even some of the other in-state schools and, and around the country, I'm just a little more well-versed on. I think the one thing that sets this state apart, whether we're talking about the Jazz, Utah, BYU, Utah State, is, yeah, you're not really ever going to see that premier guy come through that everybody already knows is going to be like the yeah. guy. But you can find talent and our, our schools here the Jazz have kind of historically been good at, I think, finding an under-the-radar yep, guy yep. and develop, developing them into something spectacular. And then I think especially when you look at Danny Ainge and his history working in the NBA, that's just kind of what he's always done. Do you think he has a specific plan in place, or do you think they're still working on that? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that there's probably multiple scenarios that they're looking at um because when you look at the draft obviously a lot depends on what other people are going to do but i look at danny Ainge and i go back to what was it 2007 when he was trying to get in on the kevin durant sweepstakes and the lottery balls didn't go boston's way and so what does he do he goes out and he finds uh facilitates a trade for ray allen for kevin garnett you add those guys with paul pierce rajon rondo and boom you've got an nba title and uh Frankly, probably should have had two of them. They're up 3-2 on the Lakers in an NBA Finals uh, a couple of years later. So um, Danny Ainge probably, you know, obviously wanted that number one overall pick, wasn't going to get it. I bet there's multiple scenarios in place to try to build this team up, um, whether it's comboing picks. I, I will guarantee you this. Mm-hmm. There is no way the Jazz are taking three first-round picks. Like, either they're trading out, they're trading up, they're comboing them with other trades. They will not bring three first-round rookies into the camp. Uh, come September. That's just not going to happen. So there's going to be some movement. There's going to be some shenanigans going on 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 draft night or leading up to draft night. It's just a matter of what. And I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. I know people have referenced Luca. I think that's maybe a bit of a pipe dream. But there's going to be somebody out there that's going to try to move a player. There's going to be somebody out there that wants to uh, trade down. Portland's talking about trying to trade down in the draft. Now they're going to want a sizable superstar to come back to team, uh, team up with Damian Lillard. But the moral of the story is there's a lot of fluctuation that's going to happen here, and I think the Jazz can take advantage of it. And frankly, Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck are the two dudes I want in that room trying to find a way to make it happen. Ideally, from your standpoint, when you look at what the Jazz did this last year, they overachieved. I mean, they yeah. massively, massively overachieved. Almost to a fault, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, looking to this draft you know some of the areas that maybe the jazz fell a little bit short in last year what do you think danny ainge and crew need to focus in on in this in this nba draft coming up well it's just it's it's an overall talent increase i mean they've just got to be better um you know look they they were it was funny because when you look at this team and all of a sudden they get off to that great start and you've got vanderbilt playing well uh you've got uh, obviously a healthy mike conley at that point um, you got the old man, 
doing his thing. Um, and, and so you've got so many players that were starting to key to, uh, come together. And then at trade deadline, Danny's like, all right, let's go get some more assets. And Conley's gone and Vanderbilt's gone. And, and so you, you kind of dismember that team a little bit in hopes of acquiring more assets. And, and they did bottom out a little bit and ended up settling in at that ninth pick. But overall, it's just got to be an increase of talent. Larry Markkinen is going to be really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Walker Kessler is going to be really good. Um, I like Colin Sexton, obviously. But other than that, you need another centerpiece or two to really build around, and I think that's the priority of this offseason because, I mean, we could sit there and nitpick on the point guard position or do this. It's just overall talent level has just got to be better. It's just got to improve, and, and that's, I think, the A number one priority of this team. Well, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow and see what ends up happening and how they make that happen. Obviously, follow our good friend Ben Anderson for all the latest updates. He's really on it. Uh, And all that can be found either here on air or, of course, on KSL.com or KSLsports.com. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, There's one other topic I feel like we should talk about. Obviously, when you cover sports, you get into sports heroes. And I don't think there is a more ultimate sports hero than Jim Brown. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away yesterday at 87. He is in the Hall of Fame for college NFL and lacrosse. And he's the yes. only athlete. Yes. I forgot about that lacrosse. To ever, You're right. To ever be in all three Hall of Fames. Uh, so pretty impressive. But I think what makes him even more impressive was the work that he did off the field. Um, the the dedication to making our communities better and finding things to do. Uh, looking him up, he created a uh, charity called Food First that sent food to Marshall County, Mississippi, which is the poorest county in the country. Uh, he also started a program called A Mare I Can. Uh, which focused on high-risk and at-risk kids at underdeserved schools and detention centers. I know sometimes it's really easy for us to get super focused in on, you know, what these guys do on yeah. the field. Uh, but I think it's more important, you know, in these types of situations to look at, you know, who this person was as a person. And I don't think there's anybody better than Jim Brown. And I might add Jim Brown, the actor. Yes. If you're sports broadcaster. Yes. Um, you know, honestly um, – have you, uh, you ever watched, and I know, look, it's too old for me, and I'm way older than you are, um, <laughs> but uh, The Dirty Dozen, you ever watch old war movie with Jim okay. Brown in it? It is old, and it is awesome. Great old war movie with Jim Brown. In a bunch of movies, as you mentioned, Activist does, has done a tremendous amount of good uh, in the community and was a guy that, you know, it, I don't know if there's been an athlete that people – like I didn't watch him play live. I'm too young for it. My mm-hmm. dad, maybe. Um, but uh, I saw Barack Obama send out a tweet that he goes, I didn't watch him play. You know, I was too young for him. There's a lot of us out there that have never that never watched Jim Brown play live, but yet still hold him in the utmost regard as one of the greatest NFL players of all time. And that's really impressive to see. I mean, we're so far away from Michael Jordan that we've got a generation that's like, LeBron is way better than Michael Jordan. And then you got, you know, us, you know, that watched him play live, we're like, you guys are nuts. It's Michael. But yet nobody says that about Jim Brown. There's no argument really with Jim Brown. Even Barry Sanders' dad was asked who the greatest running back of all time. He's like, eh, Jim Brown. What are you talking about? 
was like, you're going to take him over your kid? He's like, yeah, damn right I'm taking him over my kid. He was the best <laughs> running back. Nobody argues, really, that Jim Brown was the best running back. Maybe you get Walter Payton in the mix, and some will say Barry Sanders, yes, but yes. you're really hard-pressed to find anybody that that uh, that really argues the fact. And I just pulled up his stats yesterday. He, he, he did kind of the Barry Sanders thing where he retired early, only played nine years. But this is like this is in the fifties and sixties, yeah. And he played nine years. Seven of those years, he had a thousand yards or more. Um, and this is in the era where he played. The regular season was only twelve games long. <laughs> and in his last five years, it was fourteen years long. But let me just—I'll go through the rushing totals here. First year, nine forty-two. Next year, fifteen hundred yards. Next year, thirteen hundred yards. Twelve hundred yards. And 1,400 yards. All of those seasons were just 12-game seasons. Mm. And then he had one where he didn't get 1,000. He had 996, four yards off. And then 1,800 yards in just 14 games. He had another 1,400-yard season and a 1,500-yard season and then shut it down. Dude ran for 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns and decided to retire at the age of 29. And just said, I'm done. Talk about going out on top. I mean, it's it's really remarkable the kind of career he had. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the dude was MVP of the league his rookie season. And I believe was, like, all pro four or four different times yeah. in his career, something like that uh, is what I, I think I saw. Uh, just an incredible, incredible career. And those stats are amazing when yeah. you consider how much more I think the running back was used in that era because you still weren't quite throwing the ball, slinging the ball. Correct. the way that you were. So, I mean, that is a lot of wear and tear on a body to get those 1,400, 1,500-yard seasons year in and year out is pretty incredible. I mean, you uh, you, you add in rushing yards. He had uh, a 2,100-yard uh, season in combined. And you're right, not a lot of screen passes, not a lot of wheel routes back in the day where you're throwing it to your receivers. But, I mean, just really a phenomenal career. Lots of touchdowns. Certainly a Hall of Famer deserves it. And I think it's really, you know, I wish it was under better circumstances that we were talking about him. But I also think it's kind of fun to go back and look at the guys that kind of shaped not just the NFL, but the game of football overall into what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So I this kind of brings an interesting question, though. Who was your sports hero growing Ooh, up? Um, I, uh, I grew up a big-time Denver Broncos fan. And uh, I lived and died with John Elway. So that was my guy growing up. Okay. Not John Elway, the GM. He's ran my team into the ground as a GM. <laughs> but but John Elway, the player. Yeah, I remember, you know, in elementary school watching him play. And, and that's, the, that's the kind of thing. And I guess it could be a larger conversation about transfer portal and, and what, you know, what kids are giving up by not being legacy guys anymore. Um, but the fact is I watched a guy in elementary school, and by the time he retired, I was in college. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's there's Patriot fans out there that I know Brady left and and ended up, you know, his career in Tampa Bay. But still, those those the moment to be able to have a guy for 10, 12, 14 years and and have that being your guy. Like there's going to be Kansas City Chiefs fans that are going to end up, you know, 19, 20 years old that all they know is Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I love that about sports. And it kind of bums me that we're starting to lose a little bit. There's a little bit more player movement. And I respect it. Look, you know, guys, if they want to go, they should go, transfer portal, whatever. But I also love a guy that stays in a city, stays with a team, and that's it. That's his identity as as a member of that team in his career forever. And 
you know, I love that. Uh, I love that when it happens. You know, Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. Is the legacy going to, I mean, are 10 years from now, are Packers going to get over it? Probably. I mean, I guess I it's mean, a good question. They kind of got over Brett Favre, but now Brett Favre's facing a whole bunch of other things yeah, that maybe true. tarnish that legacy. <laughs> I mean, do, do Packer fans, they look at Brett Favre and they're like, yeah, that's still our guy. Do they still love him? Even, like, let's take the whole, you know, controversy out of it. Do you think Packer fans, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, so I would classify myself as a Packers oh, fan, but I'm I'm a weird Packers okay. fan because I really don't like Brett Favre and I really don't like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? Um, I just think they're both jerks, and that kind of matters to me. Uh, even before some, some of the stuff that's gone down, it's just there's just been some things that really kind of turned yeah. me off. Like, they're great football players, but so what? Like, there's a lot of great football players. Like, be a class act, too. And so being a good person matters to you? It matters a whole yeah. heck of a lot to me. I, I, I respect the heck out of that, for sure. Yeah. It's it's a little different, for sure, but yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that kind of stems from how I approach the job, do the job. It's always, you know, feature stories. What, what are you doing for the community? I love highlighting stuff like that because yeah. I think it gets missed. Uh, a lot, but yeah, I, I think it changes my opinion of how, how I look in great and in well, great athletes. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, I have no idea. I, I know there's a lot of us that get caught up. I, like I called every single one of Jordan loves touchdown passes mm-hmm. at Utah state. Um, and I, and, and one thing I can assure you is that Jordan love is a really good person. Yeah. I don't. I cannot vouch one way or another because I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, we cover guys and we're around him, and we get to know him, and we're like, oh, he's going to be a great pro. I don't know what Jordan Love is going to do at the next level. Like when he gets finally gets the job and and it becomes, his, I hope he does well because I like Jordan a lot. Um, but I have no idea how that's going to go. Um, I think he. I think he's got every tool to be really great, and he would represent that community really well because he really is a genuinely good human being. But as far as the quarterback goes, I don't, I'm not sure what you're in for next year. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting, but I'm cheering for him because I love seeing our local guys yeah. succeed. I love seeing our local guys have great careers. It's it's great great for them, and it's obviously great for our community and, and letting people know that uh, Utah is a great sports yeah. town. Yeah, and uh, look, I hope he goes out there and kills it because I'm with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, wore out his welcome in a big-time way, and I don't – I'm. I kind of hope the whole Jets experience kind of blows up a little bit, a little bit like Brett Favre did. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we will see. On that note, we got to head to a break. On the other side, Lloyd Cole. I think Lloyd's coming down yeah, to hang Lloyd's out with you. Lloyd's going to come and hang out with me for a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of a rotation today, which will be fun. Uh, but on the other side, we're going to talk about this top 25 coaches list. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Saturday show on 97.5 The Sports Zone. 
uh, we are outside today enjoying some nice weather and barbecue. Uh, we are hosting the KSL Barbecue Cook-Off. There's free music, prizes, and games, as well as the opportunity to come meet and hang out with all of us. Uh, we will be here until 6 p.m. today, so come out to the Triad Center. We would love to see you and shake hands and get to know you. Lloyd got lost, by the way. Got, I, I don't know how he, how he missed us. You here know what? Comes. I was actually quite relieved that I found this place as easily as I did because I never know exactly where we're going to be. Uh, so, I mean, last segment, I had Scotty G on. We talked a little bit of the Utah Jazz, uh, as well as the late, great Jim Brown. <laughs> and uh, as we uh, wait for Lloyd to get situated here, uh, he pointed out, as we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do on this show today, that CBS Sports, along with uh, Tom Fernelli, put out a top 25 coaches list. And uh, there's a familiar name that uh, crept into the top 10 in Kyle Whittingham. He came in at number seven. The only Pac-12 coach ranked higher than him is Lincoln Riley at number four. And most of that was based off of his work at Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think it's surprising that Coach Whittingham is a top guy on that list. It, how do no, you feel? we, 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 uh, hi, feel? Michelle, how Hello, are you doing? I'm so good. Hi. I'm so good. You know, can I real quick before we get into this? <laughs> go for it. Go I for it. I literally saw that pop-up tent right there and I saw the smoker and I'm like, well, where is everybody? I literally walked right by this. I said, hide a stone over here. <laughs> and I kept going. I'm like, where is everybody? And I, called, I walked literally right by you guys. That's embarrassing. That, it was. I'm not sure it you, was. I'm not sure you, you know what? I don't that, have. To be honest. I, I don't have exactly. No, no one needed the best. to know that. You know what? My sense of direction isn't all that great. So, but hey, you know what? I just got back from uh, my youngest soccer game. Dude had the hat trick. All right. Guys, that, like averages the hat trick right now. Like he is, he's killing it right now. And, and all these kids he? do is, he's like five. No. Four. Oh no, four. he doesn't even know how four. old his son Sorry. is. Sorry, I had to. I had to go to my oldest and be like, he's four years younger. He's four. He's, he's not four. five. He's four. He's four. Yeah. So there's like, like there's no goalies, but yeah. the thing is, he's angling. He's going straight, and that's all you can ask for. You try to get it straight, and if you get off course a little bit, you try to bring it back to the middle a little bit. Bam. Three goals. Well, it so sounds, it sounds like we have a future like Messi or Beckham. Hey, in, Cristiano in the Ronaldo. Yes. He's, see, my kid's the Portuguese sensation. He's got that Portuguese blood in his roots. He's like he's good. <laughs> so already at four years old. Already at four, Cristiano. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so to get back on track. Get though. back and on. Get, let's get back on track. <laughs> so we 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 kind of discussed and this came out. Early, uh, I think it was like middle of the week. We discussed yeah. it a little bit yesterday, and and it, I mean it let it. it, it, it led us into another conversation, which we can have eventually, and that's, you know, what's going to be Kalani Sataki's yeah. uh, expectations going his first year. We see what, we've seen what Kyle's done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Pac-12 and Kyle. I mean, I mean, we, I, had, I had somebody tweet at me and, and point this out, like he wasn't able, he didn't do it when there was NIL and there was yeah. all this stuff. He did it without, and that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive, but, yeah. but there's nothing you can do about that. But um, the fact that Kyle Whittingham, it was, it was interesting because I saw, okay, like I'm thinking, Automatically, you always look at the scoreboard and you think, well, mm-hmm. Kyle Whittingham, he beat Lincoln Riley twice last season. Yeah. And you think, so how is that? But Kyle Whittingham is also ahead of Franklin with Penn State and Day with Ohio State, who both beat Kyle, Kyle. in the Rose Bowl. So I was like, okay, like, like it's not like there's 
they're all out of whack. They're, the reason, like, they have Kyle right there is just because, the, and they said they're uh, essentially in there. He said, yeah. I'm not going to move him up because uh, until he does something, like get in the playoff. Like, yeah, and so. that's why Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's been to the playoff. He's been there, whether he's, he hasn't done anything, but he's gotten there. Yeah. And so uh, I think that, that, that Kyle's going to take that next step is, you know, and the fact that he's, I mean, you look at all that top ten. It's all yeah. blue bloods. That's oh, yeah. blue bloods that's in that top ten. Except, except for except Utah. Except for Utah. Utah's <laughs> I, not a blue blood. I, I do like what was said under Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he won his second consecutive Pac-12 title with the Utes last season. But this is probably as high as we will see him climb in the rankings without a playoff. Um, what he's done at Utah, though, is one of the most impressive coaching jobs of my lifetime. Not only did he navigate the step up from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, but he's turned Utah into the Pac-12's most consistent program. And then it also shows that last year they had him at number eight. So yeah. he's moved up a spot. He's moved up, and he will keep moving. What Kyle has done with this program is, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. We said on, on Hans and Scotty, like, his first year, they dang near got to the yeah. uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Had they not lost, Kicker! had they not <laughs> lost Kicker! to a an awful Colorado team that was like I think they had lost like twenty seven straight home games or something like that. If like I'm it was terrible. Not mistaken, it was a lot. I am pretty sure that that ended up being Colorado's first Pac-12 win in that season. It if, was. Yeah, okay. They had lost My so many. My memory serves me correct. And it was one of those, it was like, oh, they got this, they got this. You know, it was easy. It was, it was like one of those times where, like, probably the first year in the Pac-12, Kyle Whittingham was finally not an underdog. And and they and they, they blew it. And But the fact that, you know, and then you had the, and that was with, uh, what's his face at the helm? Um, Jordan Wynn. Was it Jordan Wynn or was it the other cat? Um, oh, actually, it was John Hayes because Jordan Hayes, got hurt. Hayes, yeah, it was John Hayes. Hayes. John Hayes because Jordan Wynn, all those shoulder injuries. John, they did the fact that he was able to do that. The fact that he had to get into the Pac-12 and get get things rolling with John Hayes. No offense to John Hayes, he was a as you call it a gamer. Yeah, he was. But I would take probably the pig farmer over John Hayes. I think, yes, I think Bryson's a little more polished than John Hayes is, but I think what made John Hayes work in that situation is that the guys just rallied around him. they did. uh, And they played extra hard for him, so that kind of covered up a little bit of his deficiencies. Unfortunately, like we said, it was a kicker issue. Uh, Coleman Peterson, poor guy, misses basically a chip shot. Yeah. Chip shot. I, I think it probably wasn't more than 30 yards. Yeah. And, but uh, but what Kyle what Kyle's done has been just so impre- crazy. So we go down the li- okay, you know, and this is one we we kind of discuss. I think, to be honest with you, you look at this and lists are they're funny. I mean, it's, right. it's all it's an opinion. It's what you think. I mean, Nick Saban, you you could easily you can argue that he would. I mean, I, don't know, I can't shouldn't even say argue. He's easily probably one of the best coaches. But Kirby Smart has has kind of taken over a little bit, and Kirby Smart probably very much so deserves might be deserved to be number one. Like, he might be the best coach right now. I think in the here and now, he probably is. I I think, I don't know, Alabama has just looked a little off to me the last couple of years, and I kind of wonder if Nick Saban's kind of on on the downward slide. Um, just when you doubt him, you watch I know, out. he's, he's going to come back like and make me be eat right, my he's words. He's going to be right there. But, His ears are burning in Whit, Tuscaloosa Whit, right now. Wick could easily <laughs> be, you know, anywhere from five – to where they're at 
Like yeah. I could see him. He could be over Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you could slide. He's you could interchange those three right there. You could interchange those right there. And I, I know Harbaugh just got to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did the championship game. My, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a sec. That was right, right? Yeah. Um. Anyways, nice. but like, so he, I mean, really, the, what it comes down to is Kyle Whittingham has done an amazing job, and I. I know we, we always talk about, okay, it's probably going to be Morgan Skelly, the mixed man, but I'm telling you, you're going to miss Kyle Whittingham. But it's, I mean, he's built this program. Yeah. It's stable. And I would feel comfortable with somebody like, say, a Morgan Skelly to come and, and, and take it off because, I mean, the roots are, have been yeah. planted. Like, it's, it's, it's a firm program, and, and you know, it's, uh, what he's done is, has been amazing. I, I agree. I think some, someone like Morgan, I'm assuming it's Morgan. It sounds like it's Morgan. But, I mean, he's been around as a player and a coach for years now as well. I mean, he, he's seen all the ups and downs and what it's taken to build it, understands the brotherhood, the culture. So I feel like that's in good hands. Obviously, when you pass the baton, I think it's always reasonable to expect there's going to be some adjustments. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think probably when that time comes, whenever that time comes, we're going to see a little bit of a dip in Utah, but I think if it is in fact Morgan or I, I don't know, maybe someone else within the program uh, that, that just has kind of a clue, I think that's the key for Utah in this situation is getting someone on board that has a clue as to what this right. is because it's a different thing. It's a different animal. Um, but, you know, I think they'll eventually get it on track and it's probably going to as long as you don't have any foolishness going on, it's going to be business as usual at some point. Uh, I, you did bring up an interesting point that now we get to sit and watch, you know, with Kalani Sataki uh, down at BYU. I did see a list. I'm not sure. By the way, he he is on. So they, I mean, they went all the way to 69 on this. Okay, list. okay. So it so, was that yes. list. So he was so at like on number this same 48, list, right? Like, like Troy Taylor coming at comes in at the last. They they went essentially. They did one through 69. Okay. Um, this and was Troy the list Taylor comes in at, at at 69, and you go down a little ways, and you got uh, Kalani coming in at number 41. And the first time he's been on this list. Yeah, and I think that's you know, he's been playing. P5 schools through mm-hmm. through this like he has been like I, I know it's going to be a transition I mean uh, you know seeing some of Gre- uh, Gregor Bell's comments uh, and, and, and hands kind of uh, con- confirm you know confirming those feelings like like bowl being bowl eligible for BYU their first year is is a win yeah is I would a win agree. because it's going to be it's not going to be easy you're going up against I mean the the Big Twelve, that's an offensive they're they're all about offense. And but the thing is what they need to do, what what they, and I think that's what what uh Jay Hill's going to do, because he's there to, to to bring this defense back. I mean the defense have take has taken some steps back. Mm-hmm. There's no no doubt about it. I mean they've only I think they only had like a couple sacks. Yeah, they they, they haven't been that they good have an, the last the, couple of years. And the thing is you never ever had a question about their, their front seven typically mm-hmm. until last couple of years. Like it they have struggled yeah, to get pressure on the quarterback. They just haven't done it. And I think Jay Hill, with his scheme and everything, he'll he's gonna be able to do that. Um but I think that I I I think they're if you get bowl eligible, anything after bowl eligible, anything better than that, you're you're partying. 
Yeah. Like it's 1999. Like that's that that's good. It's a huge win. It's a, I mean that would be an absolute monstrous win for Utah. I do agree with you. Where the Big 12 is kind of this high-powered offensive league. You almost look at it like the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is typically more offense. A little more offense. Utah is what brought the defense outside Mm -hmm. of back in the day when they had the Desert Swarm. Well, and I mean Stanford for a minute was good on defense. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what they they needed to be because they weren't going to get all the 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 best athletes. They needed to be a physical team and win in the trenches. And I think I think Kalani Sataki, Jay Hill, I think they're taking a page out of that playbook. Well, you know what? Maybe we're not going to be quite the high powered offensive team, at least not to start. Right. But what if we go in and just kind of muddy up the waters, right. ugly up the game, make people really work for it? You know, we're probably going to lose some close games, but we're also probably going to squeak out some close games and beat some teams that probably we're not expecting to lose to us. Right. Right. You know, Jay Hill is going to find out. He is going to, you know, you're not going to, it's going to be much more, uh, you're going to see much more pressure, uh, blitzes and stuff like that. But he's also going to be smart about it. But you will see them find a way to put pressure. I have no doubt about it. Jay Hill, that's what he does. He will find a way. To, to put pressure on those on those Big 12 offenses. You know, whether he's going to win all of those battles all the time, he's, he's not going to. It's just not going to happen. But you need to see that next step. You need mm-hmm. to see some improvement and, and, you know, and getting better. And and that's where, you know, just kind of that being bowl eligible, that's 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 going to be a win. Yeah, that, that's, I think, a huge goal to circle. Uh, I, I know that people always want to go out and, and – shock the world and and some of that kind of stuff but take joy in the baby steps i mean like really truly as someone that's kind of sat and watched one program already go through this process when you kind of step back and look at it it's it's incredible to go back and be like wow like okay i can see each step it took to get there and yes kyle woodingham deserves to be where he is on this list I think at some point, you know, we could be saying the same thing about BYU and Kalani Satake. Uh, I think for the most part, the pieces are kind of there to have it happen. He has the blueprint. Obviously, we kind of touched on there's some different circumstances to work around now that Mm -hmm. Utah did not have to work around. Uh, I, I mean, the honor code is what the honor code is. Utah or BYU is going to have to figure out their pitch with that but once they figure that out and figure out the guys that you know are okay with that the jamal williams of the world you know that that's not going to be an issue i think for the long haul and then of course you have to look at nil and how that's changing and shaping things as well what do you say uh on the other side what do you say we because we kind of talked about you know a little bit about kalani and going into the big 12 what do we say we next we say i mean we put we said six games of success what do you say we talk about, like, how long his lease should be? Like, I mean, when does the pressure, like, say, let's okay. just, I mean, say, I mean, it's not going to, he's not going to be winning, you know, a, a ton in the first, the first year. When does that need to start turning? Like, much like Kyle Whittingham. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Whittingham watching, seeing, I think, you know, seeing what he was able to do and how he was able to build it, mm-hmm. I think it show gives BYU a good idea oh, yeah. of what that, because, Kyle Whittingham, the the pressure was if he if he went five and seven again, mm-hmm. if he because he had two straight seasons with that, if he did that again, he was probably going to be gone. 
That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Like, he was probably, despite him having that nine-win season, if he had three straight like that, he was probably going to be gone. They're yeah. probably, the pressure was already mounting. You had the fire wit, you know, hashtag. Crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the uh, people creating that, putting that in their name uh, for, for on Twitter. Like, oh, man. you know, it was, what and it was time. like, yeah. So I think maybe we talk, let's, what do you say we talk about where that needs to be for Kalani? I, yeah, I agree. I like that. Uh, yes, we have to hop out to a break now. You are listening to the Saturday show. On By the way, get out here at noon. This yes. is, opens up till noon. I'm looking at bounce houses. I know my kids are going to be coming out here, by the way. Oh. Seeing the bounce houses, bounce I'm like, I'm going to have to send this picture over to them because I'm telling you, you got the kids out on a, on a Saturday, like, yeah, come, come out, out and us. check it out. Come smell the wonderful aromas of smoked meat. Is there anything better than that? <laughs> Is there anything more sports than smoked meat? Like, it's unbelievable. That's it's what basically football's... tailgating. Exactly. Basically this is tailgating, tailgating right here. Uh, yes, come come and hang out with us at the Triad Center. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. We are outside the Triad Center, kind of on the north side of the Delta Center. You're listening to the Saturday show, Michelle Bodkin and Lloyd Cole. Instead of Jake Hatch. Fortunate enough to be a part of this. Let, uh, thank you so much for letting me come hang out. I we haven't love done it. it since we haven't done it since the the Rose Bowl. You know we what? Hung out I, since I then, have it. we? No. Well, no, 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 no. We actually did the did we, we did the All Star Weekend because Jake oh, Hatch, did. Jake right. Hatch was too good to do that you know too. What? He's always slumping. <laughs> He's always slacking. Especially, you know what? I, I've learned that Jake Hatch actually times things out. Like when it's like the big events. And he's like, out of here. Gets out of here. Like, out of here. The All Star Weekend. He's gone. You know, this big barbecue event. Gone. gone. I'm be out of here. So that's okay. I get to hang out okay. with you instead. You know so what? it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll you know what? It. This is the best weather we've had since we since we've been hanging out and doing some radio shows. Truth is, Jake Hatch is probably one of the hardest working people. He in is. Love radio. Jake. Like, love Jake. Dude, love working with Jake. Grinds like no other. Uh, so yeah, we're out here. By the way, at this uh, the uh, the first KSL barbecue annual? competition. I was going to say annual, but it's not annual. No, inaugural. not yet. Inaugural. That's we, the word. Funny thing That's is, the we word. Were, we were joking. We were because we had these meetings. We're like, somebody wanted to call it the first annual. We're like, no, it can't be the annual. This is his first one. Yeah. And so the inaugural KSL barbecue cookoff uh, presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, by the way, it's going to be open starting at noon to the public, noon to 6. They're, they're cooking, you know, smoking up all these meats, this contest. You're going to be smelling the uh, all the smoked meat, the wonderful aromas of this. Uh, and by the way, for the kids, if you want to bring the kids out, because, you know, obviously you ain't, you're not going to be cooking or anything like that. Um, but they've got face painters. They've got inflatables. Yes. Things, bounce houses. I, I, I tell you, the first thing my kids are going to come to is the bounce houses. They're going to go right for oh, that. So, uh, games, prizes, fat boy ice creams. I'm. We're looking at it right here. It is 74 degrees, and there is nothing better than a fat boy ice cream right now. So, no. so come out, get some of that. Uh, you got, uh, obviously, all the stations out here. Uh, representing KSL TV, KSL News Radio, FM 100, uh, the Arrow. I mean, everybody's out here. So come out and check it out. Yeah, it's it's a great time out here. We're we're kind of starting to get into the thick of it. So definitely come out and join us. Come say hi. Come say what's up. Uh, the Saturday show is kind of sort of getting extended a little bit. 
Uh, I, I will be off air by noon, but I believe you get. But we're still going to make you hang out. Alex Curie and uh, <laughs> Scott Mitchell. And, yes, I, I might make an appearance again if they want me to. So <laughs> We're not just going to let you leave. Like I, I'm, you're, you're committed, Michelle. You're committed <laughs> to the whole day. We're not letting you leave. Uh, my dog might uh, have something to say about that, but like, but I'll uh, I'll hang out for a while. I had uh, <laughs> so we get my 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 dog since since my my dog uh, so we had used to have two, two yep. dogs by the way. We do. And by the way, we are going to get to this uh, Kalani Sataki stuff. Uh, we, so we, I, I had two boxers <laughs> lost his friend Aww. like last I think it was last fall. No, no, it's been a, it's been a minute, but he hasn't been the same ever yeah. since. Like he gets extremely anxious. So we got these these dog treats that are like like are they like catnip H- for dogs? No, no it's the they, they relax them. It's the it is uh, like catnip for dogs. It, it's like these. It's like almost these CBD like the relaxes them type treats oh, for dogs. Oh, I think my little guy needs that. I'm I'll I'll send you a picture of it okay. because it relax like he just chills like when so when we leave because he's a little bit antsy then yeah. he just chills relaxes. Oh yeah, eats like, some Cheetos. Well, I'm just kidding. Why not? Why not? Dallin got it. He got it. <laughs> Eat some Cheetos. Cheetos. Come on, CBD. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. gets really lazy. He gets really lazy. And, and he plays a lot of video games. Oh, okay. 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. talented dog you've got. Bring us back, Michelle. Bring us back. I told you everywhere right now. I got here a little bit late, and I'm all over the place right now. Reel me in. Reel me in. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Reel me in. in. We're reeling in. Yeah, so we started an interesting conversation about kind of, I think, Kyle Whittingham's legacy that he's getting put on some of these top all-time coach coaching lists. Uh, We're seeing Kalani Sataki maybe start entering that conversation, and he has a really big opportunity ahead of him, obviously, with BYU's move (laughs) to the Big 12 this year. Uh, Interestingly enough, Kalani... Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill were all a part of Utah's move from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. So, I mean, we're talking about people. We're talking about people that are kind of familiar with that process. As I've talked about before, there's obviously going to be some differences. BYU's just a different animal. The Big 12 obviously isn't necessarily the same as the Pac-12. And then, of course, we're just in a totally different era with NIL and transfer portals and that can either make it easier or harder we'll kind yeah, of it, we'll kind of find out you know how this plays out for, out that, for BYU, exactly. but we're still figuring out how that works because you know you, you people think like i mean like i said that guy that mentioned me like well they'd have nil you can all these things that you can you know try to keep and I'm like yeah but you're still losing players yeah like, players are getting other options uh you know to go elsewhere and and it's still it's not easy like this new landscape of college football so I, I just everybody's figuring it everybody's out. Everybody's still figuring it. B- figuring BYU it out. gets to figure that out with a little extra. With a little extra, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and to be honest, I think you look at what Kyle was able to do. I think you got to put the same type of time frame on mm-hmm. Kalani. Like, you, okay, here's a question for you though: Do you give him a little extra time because the landscape is so extra at the moment? Hmm. You know, that's a good question. Um. I don't know. Are, are we looking at it as in NIL and all this stuff has made it easier? Or, you know, the transfer portal, has it made it easier? Or has it made it really that much harder? I, I, what, I think it depends on what the answer know. is. I know. We don't really <laughs> know that answer. 
And so I think I think you got to keep. I think you still got to keep around the the Kyle Whittingham time frame. Like if you have if he has you know three straight seasons of say five and seven or whatever, like and you're not getting to a bowl game. And that, that's obviously there. It's not things aren't getting figured out. There's got mm-hmm. you got to see some improvement somewhere. I'm not ex, you're not you, you know it's going to take time to get where Kyle Whittingham is, where mm-hmm. he's winning you know two straight Pac-12 championships. I don't think you can ex, start to expect that. I mean, John Wilner had the he didn't think he would be. He said he would be shocked if I think it was 20 years. If the, I, I want to say it was 20 years, and I could be wrong on that, but I'm almost positive. John Wilner said. You know they'd be fortunate to win one within 20 years, like it was a lo- a long time frame. Because you got schools that's in 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 the Pac-12 that still haven't won it. Hell, there's right. there's schools that haven't been there. Right. Well, and I mean when you're talking about like a G5, and they did it under 10 years. Yes. Uh, I I mean when you talk about you know a G5 and some of the disadvantages that they have compared to some of these. I mean we're talking about Utah entered a place where they're is blue blood talent. USC and UCLA are very well established. Um, I'm not going to put UCLA quite in there. They maybe sh- not they, they quite get talent, blue They get some talent maybe there. Maybe not quite blue but blood. They but they have like, their own problems. But as far, as far as having kind of the funding and, and the cachet yeah. and stuff, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty established brand. Um, and, and to ask someone that's coming from such a small situation to come and compete against that, is a pretty big deal. Um, I don't know if the Big 12 has quite that at the moment. I mean, they do this year because Texas and Oklahoma are still sticking around, but they are going to be leaving. Who steps up in in that kind of role, that place? And that's where I think, you know, BYU is going to have an opportunity where they're not going to have to deal with Texas and they're not going to have to deal with Oklahoma. And there's other programs. You still have TCU. Yeah. TCU, I mean. TCU has some They're familiar with TCU. Yeah. They they went had TCU in the Mountain West, and they they know how difficult they are to beat. Like, they're a good program. They just went to the the championship game. So that's a good team right there. And so I think – it's. I still. I think you got to keep it in that three to four. That they if if, it, if they're staying right around there and they're not seeing improvement, then they're gonna have to. That's you got. You have to have put the, about the same leash on 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 that on this program that you did on on Utah. I think they're 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 setting up. They're going to it very familiar, and and I think that's where it's, the fan, basically fans. You got to be. They have to be patient. And trust me, yeah. it's not easy. No, it's being, not. You're talking to a Raiders fan, and I've been wishing for a win. Every year is the year they're going to go to the Super Bowl, and it's not going to happen. And it's just not going to happen. But I'm still, guess what? I'm still patient, and I'm thinking, you know what? This year's the year. 2023, baby. 2023. <laughs> this year is the year. They're going to go all the way. Yeah, well, right. I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am very excited to watch this journey with BYU and Kalani and crew. Uh, there, you know what the thing is, and it just I, fascinates me. It's uh, the thing is we, we you're, we're all. I mean, Utah fans are so. It's funny. I mean, this, the the Utah BYU thing always picks up. But the thing is, you, how can you not root for Kalani? Kalani was part of your program. Like, Kalani and I think helped you get where you are. Know, everybody loves Kalani. They maybe don't want the program to do great, but you got to root for Kalani, which means they got to do well. You want everybody. It's what we want. We want. I want everybody in in the state to do well because it's good for ratings. Yeah. When everybody does what everybody thinks, oh no, you don't. You won't want Utah to do well, or you don't want BYU to do well. No, I want everybody to do well. Yeah. I don't care who it is. 
like it's good for business. Yep. Like if we now that they're not in the same, not that now that they're not in the same, you know, conference or whatever, it's, it should be easier. You want them all winning a Pac-12 and a Big 12 and Mountain West and all those. You want them winning those those titles. Oh yeah, give me all the winning. Yeah, give me all the so. winning. So looking forward to it. Okay, well, we have to head to another break. You are listening to The Saturday Show on the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.